T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You know, it's so interesting, that polling data on Trump versus Biden. It says a couple of things to me. Uh, one is that Biden's just done such a horrible job that even with him, I mean, it's not like he's really proactive. He's out there kind of shuffling around like a dementia patient in the nursing home on a regular basis. Have you watched him try to leave the helicopter and go into the White House? I mean, I'm, I'm holding my breath that he doesn't fall like I would any old person, you know, because I'm a nice guy. I, I, I can't stand Joe Biden. I hate his policies. He's a disaster, but I feel terrible for the guy and his family. Oh, I'm mad at his family. I think you probably heard Jeff in the afternoon talk about it. What kind of family does this where you don't recognize it's over it, or it should be instead of exploiting the old man like this? But anyway, I mean, it's just shuffle, shuffle. You can't lift his legs. Shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. But it also says, not only has Joe Biden done a bad job, it also says that Donald Trump, out of the headlines, can win. When Donald Trump isn't tweeting regularly, and this is weird, I, 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 the, the tweets never really bothered me. I've, I've worked for so many obnoxious people and around so many obnoxious people that obnoxious tweets... So what? I just don't care, okay? Um, I mean, they just don't resonate with me. But then I know I've got thicker skin than the average person, so it just doesn't bother me. But, but it says to me, when Donald Trump, he's, he's being crucified in the courts, and, he's in, and, and the press is not covering his tweets on a daily basis like they used to, right? So I think there's something to consider here for him and his team that when he's not out front talking and upsetting people and being treated unfairly by the media. There's no question that that's a big fact that, that the average person does say, well, damn, things were better under Trump than they are now. And he may be obnoxious, but he knows what he's doing. He knows business. So there's something to take from that. I'm not exactly sure what it is. I have to think about it some more. And there's probably deeper polling data that could give us some insight. But isn't that interesting? You know, another thing, this should alarm you, but nobody cares. Nobody cares. You wake up this morning. I've been well, I've been flipping through during the commercial breaks of the the morning shows, and nobody is doing full on coverage of three hundred thousand people protesting for Palestine and against Israel. I mean, I don't. There's no way to split it, right? <laughs> they're for Palestine. They're against Israel. Three hundred thousand people in Washington this weekend. 
And are you aware that those protesters crashed the White House climbing the fence? I don't think they got onto the lawn. They didn't get into the house, but they were hurling things at the cops. They threw paint all over the front, you know, the white um, uh, pillars that are there. Where the gate comes together, they were shaking the gate like they were going to break in, screaming, Allah Akbar. I mean, I don't know about you. Does that, (laughs) that concerns me. A, getting 300,000 people to show up for an event is notable. So that tells me we got an entire group of people. I see. I don't think it's benign. I don't think being pro-Palestine under these circumstances after terror attacks is just, oh, well, you know, they want to go and stand up for their people. Uh-huh. I think we got a problem. And it was demonstrated with 300,000 of these people in Washington. And, you know, I didn't interview all of them. But I don't think that's a good thing for the future of America that you got 300,000 people in D.C. And how many people were arrested attacking the White House? I mean, they weren't just across the street from the White House. They were on the gates, climbing the fence. And apparently one person was arrested. And the Washington, D.C. police put out a tweet saying there was no significant violence. You know what? You know why nobody trusts you? Because of garbage like that. Because you put out garbage like that. You didn't aggressively arrest people. You shouldn't have allowed people to do that to the fence. So what does that say? I think a lot of this goes back to the colleges and universities where these professors are teaching young people. You don't have to argue things with your intellect and your facts and your research. You just react emotionally. And somehow that is given the equivalence of an informed intellectual discussion. That is a failure on the part of colleges and universities across the country and here in Virginia. Jim Bacon, you know, who runs Bacon'sRebellion.com, the really interesting website that's got a lot of stories you won't see anywhere else. Uh, Jim works with the, uh, the Jefferson Council, which is trying to get UVA back to the institution that it was at one point as far as high standards go. And you think I'm overstating this, Jim, that, that – there's just an, an attitude on these campuses that emotionalism trumps the research and the thought and the, the art of arguing a point? Oh, well, no, absolutely. You're right. Um, uh, it, it's been a real eye-opener. This whole uh, Palestine business uh, has really kind of transformed the way I've been looking at uh, University of Virginia and higher ed generally. We all know that, I mean, all these crazy ideas have kind of incubated in higher ed and then started leaking out and spilling out into broader society uh, to the point where we now have 300,000 <laughs> demonstrators uh, in, in Washington, D.C., um, <laughs> protesting for in favor of the Palestinians. You know, John, I, I, I'm old enough to remember. I mean, I grew up, you know, became aware of current events in the 60s and 70s. And, you know, back then, you know, Israel was considered a, a hero nation and had been under attack by all these these, these Arab countries. And, and the left especially was enamored with Israel. One of the reasons, of course, Israel was much more socialist than it is today, you know, with all the kibbutzes right. and so on. Right. They love that. Uh, they they absolutely i mean they loved israel and to see the transformation 
um, from uh, object of, of love to uh, uh, virtually a pariah on the left now has been really uh, remarkable. And uh, a lot of it has to do with what's going on in the university. So what we've seen is a uh, the Palestinians have joined up with every other kind of uh, malcontent group in the universities, uh, everybody the, uh, from the, from the, the radical feminists to the old-fashioned class warrior Marxists to uh, the LGBTQT people and uh, just every, every kind of leftist group out there, the, 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 the black and Hispanic identitarian groups, and um, they talk about intersectionality, so the intersection of, of different forms of oppression. So, you know, if you feel oppressed in the United States, then you're going to join together, whatever. I mean, you, you know, uh, in the way you look at the world, and, and of course, they, they talk about decolonizing the world, and and uh, so they've got this they've got this ideology in which they all come together, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Jews in America uh, are now regarded by the left as part of the oppressors. I mean, they came to the United States, they were poor, they were downtrodden, they were discriminated against, they uh, they worked hard, they got good educations, they became extraordinarily successful, and now they're regarded as the oppressor. So uh, the the transformation uh, in, in, in the leftist thinking, and then their behavior has really been kind of remarkable, and it's kind of gone flown beneath the radar screen i mean i have to say that i wasn't fully attuned to it until until i saw the pro-palestinian rally uh in in charlottesville it was led by a a a, a, a actually ironically enough led by a, a young jewish man who, who was radicalized with lgbtqt kind of studies and stuff so and you know what's uh, crazy about that? Yeah. Just as an aside here, Jim, when I lived in the Middle East, I I didn't I probably didn't hide the fact that I'm gay as much as I should have over there. I don't know if it impacted my business. I did there were a few moments that I felt like perhaps my safety was in jeopardy. I changed my hotel room every couple of weeks because I didn't want people to know exactly where I was in the hotel complex. Um, but I remember I went to Tel Aviv for gay pride in Tel Aviv and the Muslim guys who were also gay that I knew were berserk about it. I mean, they were cussing me up and down. I was like, hey, back the heck up. Um, You let me know when you have gay pride in Kuwait City. You let me know when Bahrain throws gay pride, you know, when when there's a rainbow flag anywhere in Bahrain and then we can talk. But until then, my friends have invited me to go to this party in Tel Aviv and I'm going to Tel Aviv, which was probably stupid on my part because somebody probably could have gotten me killed over it. But I look at that and I think, how are these gay activists so dumb and so ignorant of the very real hostility and threat that they would go out and stand with the people who would very gladly cut their throat or throw them off a building. That's really weird to me. Yeah, it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. But, uh, I mean, people are are capable of living with these extraordinary contradictions <laughs> sitting in their heads. If it even occurs to them and there's a contradiction. I think the reason is the, the, the way that it happens is that because they're so focused on politics in the United States 
and all these different kind of uh, marginalized, uh, oppressed groups uh, uh, reinforce one another uh, politically within the context of the United States right. politics. And, and so the obvious contradictions of some of their positions, uh, as it might be applied, say, in Kuwait or in Gaza or, or anywhere, uh, it, it, they're able to just kind of set that aside and ignore it. The other thing must be that they're really a part of the movement. You know, the movement trumps all. Hey, listen, if I was just wanting conservative thought to rule America, there are a lot of things that I could be doing that would probably help eliminate the opposition. But my morals and my belief in the society that I've inherited overwhelms my instinct to do bad things. Uh, thank goodness most conservatives have that idea. You know, Andy No, who spoke, you were there when Andy No gave his speech. He posted yesterday about the Democrat Socialists of America, who were some of the big organizers of all of these protests in the United States, unapologetically. So yeah. I think everybody needs to be aware this isn't some oppressed bunch that's crying out for their rights and their freedom. And, you know, we see the little guy. I, I feel terrible seeing a little girl pulled from the rubble i feel terrible about that but there's a bigger political movement that is pushing this and it's the commies and and they they don't care who they hurt in order to achieve their end goal they've proven that over and over again over the last century and we better wake up to it really fast uh i think we are waking up john hope so Hey, Jim, I always appreciate the chance to talk to you. Jim Bacon from BaconsRebellion.com. We'll talk again. Thank you. Okay. Take care. 848 on this Monday. Back with more in a moment on News Radio WRVA. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.